Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Billy Sailor, he's in Easton, Pennsylvania. To my right, the wrestling nomad back from his homeland. To my left, celebrating a great victory from his homeland over the hometown team here in Austin, Texas. Well, everyone throw a horns down just to trigger Tom Herman right there. Horns down. Willie almost got it. (laughs) Willie went I love you upside down. Uh, Not bad. So, Bracky was at the game, West Virginia, Texas. Crazy game. Congrats. Congrats Thank to you. you. It means a lot. Uh, it was the best football game I've ever been to. And uh, what a day. What Just a day. Dana Holgerson is the greatest thing And what ever. a weekend. Kyle, did you go on 6th Street afterwards? 6th Street's the famous yeah, street we did. In, in Austin. How was, was it crazy? It wasn't that crazy. Uh, I think they lost. Because it, of no, the tears. seriously, because there was not a ton of people out, and there were a lot of West Virginia people out, and it was pretty fun. Legit. So we got the first weekend in the books. But I don't want to start there because <laughs> I don't know what it is or why now, but I have absolutely had it with this NCAA ban on the use of saunas. And I don't know what, why I had the epiphany. I had an epi- the epiphany, not that I've ever agreed with the, the blanket ban of the use of a sauna, but I'm sitting in the Wisconsin uh, sauna, RTC members only. I was by myself, mind you. And I was like, well, the coaches can go in. Yeah, but the, I was by myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was just thinking, why, why this rule? What is it, and what is really the purpose of it? And so, I, to, I'll state my thesis. Then we'll talk a little bit about the weight control program, which I think you guys are going to find pretty interesting, and in, and in how draconian some aspects of it are. But my my thesis basically is that the banning of saunas from NCAA wrestling is a mistake that deprives athletes a valuable tool for health and recovery and is inconsistent based on other NCAA weight control rules. So you have to have a thesis statement, Nomad. You're laughing. He literally has a thesis statement written down. I love it. (laughs) I have it, yeah, Uh, because I feel like I have to have have that at the beginning. So now before we get into the sauna, let's get into what the NCAA weight control program is. It bans uh, a couple other things. It bans uh, plastics, it bans, uh, bans diuretics, water pills, stuff like that. And and I'll, I'll never advocate for those things because I don't know where the health benefits are for wearing plastics or what the health benefits are for the water pill. That's basically all bad. The only good thing it is it'll make you lose weight, um, albeit in an unhealthy manner. But the other and the main aspect of the NCAA weight control program is this. You are allowed to lose 1.5% of your body weight per week, okay? And 
these weigh-ins are only monitored at the early certification, which is determined, which determines your early weight class. And everyone who wrestles knows what this. You pee in the cup. It determines how hydrated you are. You weigh yourself. They determine your body fat, and boom, they plug it all in, and you get your lowest possible weight class. So that's one of the weigh-ins. And then the, every other weigh-in is just your competition stuff, right? And why do I bring up that the weight class, the weight is only monitored? In competition because the NCA is like, well, guys are only losing 1.5% a week and uh, a 25 pounder that weighs 132 in October, he'll slowly work his way down to 125 by the time yeah, November. with reality. Yeah, yeah. By the time one, by the time uh, November 1st rolls around, and then we can say, hey, they're only losing 1.5% per week. When I, I'm talking to D1 coaches all over the place, and I'm not going to name any names, but. They live in what's called the real world NCAA, and they have rules like an eight pound rule or a 5% rule, or that guys are only allowed to get up so high and they can come back down. So the idea that, all right, let's just take 25, um, let's say Nick Piccinini, and he's a smaller 25, but even this I think is, is, is a reality. He makes, on Friday he weighs 125.0, and then on Sunday he makes 125.0. The idea that he is like, flat or that any wrestler is flat across that and not bouncing up to at minimum 128 129 probably by the time they're wrestling that first match but on saturday these guys are probably 135 140 some of them okay so the ncaa is not even accomplishing what they want to accomplish okay but what they're doing and why it's inconsistent is they're trusting the coaches and the trainers to monitor what they're doing right to educate the athletes on how to properly cut weight, to ensure that they're not doing rapid dehydration, they're not doing rapid weight loss, that they're doing it the right way. So they're trusting them, right? And they're educating them about their body, how to properly hydrate, how to properly eat, um, how to cut your weight in the right way, right? There's that trust there. Yet for whatever reason, that same trust is not applied to the use of a sauna, right? Which has, tons of health benefits, right? Everyone knows, I mean, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here because all wrestlers basically know this, but saunas, they help you with recovery. They help with your immune system. They help with flexibility. They're great for your heart. There's just studies and studies and studies on the benefits of sauna use. And because in 1997, and I'm not saying that um, between 1997 and now, the sauna has not been used to cut and lose weight in, in sometimes unhealthy ways. But the, the idea that, well, this happened then, so we just have to have a blanket ban on something that is good for the athlete, it makes no sense whatsoever. And the fact that there's no wiggle room, and it has a harsh, you could punch someone in the face in the middle of a wrestling match, and you will have a, a much more lax penalty than if you use the sauna one time and get caught. Um, it, it's eight competitions out, and the second time it's a year. Right, so it's insanely punitive for something that's good, and to, to me, the NCAA, the one point five percent rule. I mean, it's such a joke, right? That a ninety-seven pounder can only get up to two hundred pounds and then come back down to one ninety-seven. That's just that's just not in reality, right? Um, so it's the NCAA is either completely naive about how weight loss actually works in wrestling, which is probably some of it, or two, they're trusting the coaches to help them um, monitor the weight. Lush, well, you understand right? the significance of 1997, right? Uh, of course. And, and you know, I want to get to 97. And, and let's talk about the factors that led to those guys' deaths. And let's talk about misuse of anything, right? Um, 
Now for every, what, there were three deaths, right? One of them was named Billy Sailor, um, which, uh, you know, that sounds like Willie, but it's not. He died of cardiac arrest on an exercise bike, refusing liquids. Okay, he was 19. The, the other guy riding a stationary bike in a rubber suit in a hot shower. Okay, and the other guy rubber suit in a room heated 92 degrees and working out. So all these guys, there's a lot of things going on here that, that led to these deaths. They're wearing plastics. They're not eating. They're dehydrated. They're in a sauna or not a sauna. In, in some of these, it's unclear if they were even using a sauna. They're using creatine, which is incredibly dangerous if you're, if you're cutting weight. But for whatever reason, it, they got honed in on the sauna. Now, anything, and here's one of my main issues with it. Anything basically in life can be misused. Because you misuse a sauna, does not mean you should ban a sauna any more than if, if someone puts too much weight on a squat rack and has bad form and jacks their back up in a really serious way, doesn't mean we should get rid of squat machines. Aspirin can be misused Aspirin. very easily. And th there's nothing in the NCA rules about water deprivation, right? There's nothing in the NCA rules that, that talking about, um, you know, wearing excessive sweats. There's nothing in the NCA rules about um, going a whole day without eating, which to me, water deprivation and going an entire day without eating is far more dangerous than the use of a sauna. And here's the other thing. Here's the other case. Not only is it, is it inconsistent in that way, but here's what you're saying. No, even though we have a sauna in our wrestling locker room, you can't use it, okay? Well, fine, but I really want to use a sauna. And instead of having it used in a controlled environment where coaches and trainers can monitor, there is no mechanism in place to stop someone from getting a membership to a 24-hour fitness, to going on Amazon.com and ordering those plastics and going and doing it the wrong way outside of that supervision, okay, where coaches can't monitor it where you're, you're going, you're off uh, your own health club, or you're making the janky shower in your dorm room, heating that up, which that's happening all the time, right? Potentially without, and it's totally outside of the coach's control. They can't do anything. Or you could educate the guys about healthy weight loss, about how a sauna can help you, about the way you're supposed to use a sauna. But instead it's, it's this just blanket, um, unthoughtful ban on something that can be an asset to athletes. I had um, had an NCAA champion, um, of which there are many, so you're not going to know who. But he, he DM'd me after I sent the tweet that I'm talking about. He said, the sauna is the best. Keeps me from getting sore after workouts in the spring and summer. Not being able to use it in the season is the absolute worst, right? This is, these are the athletes that are world class, right? And they're saying, this is good for me. This helps. Um, this helps with my recovery. And the fact that, you know, Things like that, that, that it can be misused, therefore it's gone, is is nonsensical to me. And it's really painting, uh, is really broad stroke reaction from the NCA. And I think there's room for nuance and education, just like there's room for nuance and education on the rapid weight loss that that could <coughs> potentially still be happening. There's well, nothing. We lived, in a, we lived in a different world in 1997. Oh my you know, goodness, yes, Willie. I, I, I mean, at that time, um, Weight cutting was super extreme. Uh, there would be guys packed in a, you know, 15 guys packed in a sauna and full of plastics. People would not eat. They'd starve themselves and they, you know, 
they do anything to cut weight, and cutting weight was, you know, massive amounts. In, in the college season now, I think guys are a little bit more educated. Um, certainly the coaches are keen to that. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe at one time the drastic measures were needed. I don't, I don't see how it would be abused today. Uh, I don't think it would be abused today. I, I don't think guys cut as much weight today. Yeah, I, I think for sure they don't. I think the NCAA has put in, you know, things that make it tougher to cut weight, right? And ultimately, I think it falls on the coaches. You know, heavy is the crown, right? If you're the coach or trainer, it's up to you to to know what weight your guy is going to compete at best. Don't just try to suck him down to a weight because it makes your lineup better, right? And monitor the situation Make sure these guys don't get up. They have a, they have, most of them have an eight pound rule that they think is, you know, a safe distance, striking distance to come down. And it's so silly, right? Like, think about it. If, if we did a, if we all did a wrestling practice right now, um, two, three hour practice in t shirt and shorts, we would drop three, four pounds if probably at a minimum, right? Um, no problem, which is well outside the 1.5%, which is why. The, the entire rule is inconsistent and nonsensical, right? It's like not in reality at all of the sport, okay? So the NCAA, the, I think there's there's room for some changes here. I think there's a, a lot of holes to be poked in the weight control program that doesn't make sense. But, you know, we, we don't ban cars because they're dangerous, right? We, we educate. Same with guns. Same with anything, really, in life. And the fact that a sauna, which can be so good for, for athletes, which I, I – I feel has helped me a lot um, in terms of how I feel. It helps with my endurance. Helps with a lot of different things, right? Um, it, it's just disappointing to me that that this is the conclusion the conclusion they've reached. Well, that's like you're saying, right? Anything can be misused, but when you look at 20 years down the line and you're talking about you know studies about the benefits of the sauna, like. So any argument can be made either way. Like, okay, this thing is bad. We need to ban it. And then there's also, well, we're not going to be able to stop people from doing this, so it shouldn't be illegal, right? Which, like, there's always a, a healthy medium in there. But for to, to Willie's point, like, not only are guys cutting weight less or doing it a lot smarter, they're they're eating better, right? Like, they're they're taking every advantage. And now instead of it becoming just – how low can I possibly get my, like, everything's a weight cutting contest. How low can I possibly get? It's now, how can I be my optimized self? And for a lot of guys, your optimized self means spending a little bit of time in the sauna over the course of a week. Yeah, especially the grind that is college wrestling and the need for recovery. I mean, what, the the benefits of a sauna are just what the doctor ordered for these guys, and they can't do well, it. Well, that's the thing, too, and I don't know how you can legislate this, but I don't think it should be legislated out in the first place, but... Um, I think if you're going to use a sauna and you're going to make a case for the sauna, your case for the sauna is not even anything related. I, I would not just on the books and not just my pitch to the N, to the NCAA, but in practical use, what I what I would tell my guys, what I would have happen in my room is they wouldn't use the sauna to cut weight. They would use the sauna for recovery purposes. Precisely. I mean, yes. You don't use it on it. You don't use it for weight loss on a daily basis because it makes no sense. I mean, that, and that's what I'm saying. Twenty years ago, too, I don't know if they knew that, right? Ha no. Everybody knows now. Having the water out of your body for the shortest amount of time is is the way to do it. Yeah, I I agree with that. So, uh, 
have a lot of energy for this and maybe it'll spark some conversation. I, I sent an Instagram post uh, about this straight from there and about how just I thought the, the rule was bad and uh, some coaches reached out and support. And Tom Ryan says he, he'd like to talk about it and I'd, I'd love to talk about it with, with Coach Ryan. And I will say this, Willie, that while we feel like 97 was, was, was long ago and we've come a long way, I do know there was an incident at Big Tens, not last year, but the year before where there was a pretty serious um, situation where, you know, plastic, sauna, et cetera, were being misused. And yes, with misuse, the, it, anything can be dangerous and as well as a sauna. So I know that this happened at Big Tens. I know that that is maybe part of why there was an increased emphasis about the sauna. But I don't think that happens if the coach is able to monitor the entire thing. Because it probably happened completely outside of the coach's knowledge. I'm hoping it happened outside of the coach's knowledge, right? Well, I mean, it's like anything, right? If there's, if, if there's a situation with a university, uh, with a program that's misusing the sauna, uh, let's say in a world that the sauna is legal and something happens, that, then they get a sanction for a year or two. I mean, yeah. uh, let's not lock put everybody else on lockdown because something might happen i also think and maybe college coaches disagree with me on this but sometimes you and big tens is a little different obviously because it's last competition of the year basically um if a guy can't make weight for a duel they don't wrestle like if it's going to be that detrimental to their health that they're like going to go into crisis mode and okay i gotta get my plastics on and put an air dye in the sauna you have to have the wherewithal, again, getting back to, to the heavies, the crown of the coach. Like, hey, look, I, I don't care if this is going to hurt the team or whatever or hurt your seed, but, like, you cannot wrestle today. You are not in a healthy place to wrestle. Um, and, again, it's a little different at Big Tens, but, yeah, the whole thing revolves around education, coaches being smart, athletes being smart, and also these are freaking adults now. These are guys who can vote and and. <laughs> buy guns and right like and go serve in the army like these are adults we're not talking about high school kids and and the the, the high yeah. school rules are similar too with the 1.5 percent rule and it's good that they're getting guys in the mindset of cutting weight um in a healthy way in high school but these are adults and they're coached by adults and there's a lot of knowledge now because when we're talking about division one wrestlers we're talking about let's see uh two two thousand guys like the most elite Mm-hmm. 2,000 guys. I don't even know if that number's right. But anyway, the most right. elite whatever number in the country with the most elite minds in the country to handle them. So, yes, saunas can be bad. We all know that. Don't use them to cut weight. Please. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about the sauna. No, I think it's an important topic, though. I do, too. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if there's any opportunity i don't know if there's any wiggle room i feel like in the ncaa is definitely in cya mode here they're they're not going to be uh anything you don't want to take a step back in in the court of public opinion then something happens in a sauna and they then be liable but i i think there's a case for for um you know common sense to prevail here and the idea that i can weigh 125.0 on Friday, shoot up to 140 on Saturday, and make 125.0 on Sunday, and be within the rules of the NCAA, what the NCAA weight control program shows that the the program is not rooted in reality, because that is a 100% reality that can happen within NCAA wrestling, that is outlined by their their rules because they don't monitor how much these kids are yo-yoing up and down. All they know is 
what they weigh at the scale on competition day. So Th- there's also yeah. like well, even the back-to-back weigh-ins. Oh like yeah, ba- like NCAA's Big Ten's Midland Scuffle. Those guys shoot up. That's why they're cutting weight till like midnight. Yes, two o'clock in the morning. There's also like, um, like you talked about earlier with the, you know, if we went through a practice, just like losing weight. There's also like, you just have weight that goes on and comes off. That's mostly water. Yeah, that's that's why it's like not in reality. The one point five percent, man. If you these NCA guys, if they worked out, if they exercise, they would know one point five percent is so silly. You could very healthily lose eight eight pounds in a day, and it's like just water that yeah yeah he's I, I was i was texting with a coach back and forth very good coach he's like yeah we have guys that you know and they have all this this particular school has a one layer rule you can only wear like shorts and a t-shirt long sleeve no sweats right except for like one practice and he's like you know we have guys that lose eight to ten pounds in, in a practice 49 pounders right just because they're, yeah. they're, they're working hard wrestling is insane it's so hard and they're drinking a gallon of water a day yeah yeah, they're they're coming in hydrated. They lose weight, so um, there's a lot going on there. I think that's it, Willie. Any any parting sauna thoughts? No, I mean you know in '97, three kids died, and they, you know, the NCAA looked at looked at the coaches, and they had to make some changes, right? They looked at the NWCA, they had to make changes, and you know, different mindset. They were more Neanderthalish, and and there was probably. Um, you know, they're less educated and, and less, I don't know. but And saunas probably were being misused at the time. But I, I think, I, to put a period on it, I think the time has come to revisit it. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. Okay, cool. Let's start. Well, I want to start with Wisconsin because that's where the season started. That's and where actually, you were. It te- and it's where I was. It, it actually technically started, started in West Virginia. Thank you. Thank you. Got to respect the dub V, horns down. Um, so it started there, but then it really started in Wisconsin Buffalo. And man, I, I, I think we knew when you circle this match, you see Wisconsin Buffalo, it's not like, well, this is a super sexy matchup, but we knew Buffalo, anyone that watches wrestling knows Buffalo is scrappy every single scrappy. year. They are just tough, dog tough every time. Go coach Stutzman, you're the man. And so I knew this is going to be a, a fight, and it was going to be tough. And so I was so excited to be there, hanging around the Wisconsin guys. It was a lot of fun. Got to watch kind of how they train and uh, really good energy around around <coughs> that room. And, you know, calling the match was ben, with Ben was great. But but I don't know if people realize this match really could have went Buffalo's way if a couple little things happened. That, that uh, Aikens-Brown match, that's a nine-point yeah. swing there. Aikens is yeah. controlling that match from his feet. Connor couldn't ride him, right? And then, you know, one move, that goes from six to Wisconsin. It could have been three for Buffalo. 285 was definitely in the balance. And and then, you know, we're talking about that's like a 15-point swing right there, and that may have been enough in of itself. So I think it gets lost a little bit because it kind of got away from Buffalo towards the end. That really could have been a very different duel, and it could have really played spoiler to Wisconsin's home opener. That, um, the Hilger gunning match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that probably was two for gunning, right? That, I'm blown away. I mean, I'm sitting next to Ben, who is definitely a homer and wants Wisconsin to win, and he's he's like, I don't think it's two. I'm like, it was it was like a crazy pills kind of moment for me. I was looking at uh. Well, I, maybe Ben in the in the heat of the moment um, was doing what I did 
when I watched that first, um, I was looking hip and, and ankle, and it wasn't hip and ankle. It was hip and hip. Well, yeah, you know he what was, I mean? He's behind I mean, the hip. He was basically not exactly rear standing, but he was behind both legs. The hand touched. That's it. Yeah. That's and, and now that takedown doesn't. Um, I don't even know if that. I think he would. Gunning would have had to ride out there to uh, for the win potentially. You know uh, what's insane? Tell uh, me. First match of the year. Mm-hmm. Jake Gunning oh. has a, a call go against him, and he loses. First duel of the year last year. Gunning doesn't get a call and he loses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stole. The, stole. the stole match last year, yeah. And I think both It was of stolen the- from him. Oh. 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 Wow. Uh, <laughs> good job, Nomad. Good shot by Nomad there. Um, so I think I, I thought it was I thought it was two. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean Gunning would have won. Um, I think it maybe would have tied it, but yeah, I think that was two. So that was an interesting call. Other interesting moments in officiating was Lantry Moran and the hands to the face stuff, which basically kept Moran in the match for a while. I think he had two to three points all from hands to the face stuff. And, and I the, saw it twice in Ohio State too. And the interesting application there, this was like three times in a match. The interesting application there, and I think this is going to be a bigger topic for at least the first couple of weeks until the officials kind of get synced up here. Until they stop calling it. Until they basically stop calling it. Um, is when Lantry was on top. That and was kinda, unreal. And kind of reached I mean, yeah, he covered the face, but it's like, man, I've coached that. I've seen that. It's like not a big deal. But he gave up the point there, too. And I was, then, then my mind really started to go crazy. I'm like, man, I only thought about this from the neutral application. Mm-hmm. And so seeing it from top and bottom. And now where does a cross face fit in here? I mean, that is right here. That is hands to That's the face. That's literally how you, you know, right here, this <laughs> yeah. bone, right in the nose. Somebody told me they weren't supposed to call it from top and bottom. Well, they did. They definitely well, did. No, I know, but th- that's what that's what I'm saying. That that was well, that was incorrect. Who told you that? A ref, a coach, or? Now I got to think. It yeah. wasn't a ref. It was your dad, wasn't it? No, <laughs> no, it was. <sighs> who was it? I don't know. So okay. listen, people are freaking out about this, and for good reason. And um, I mean, to the extent that there's NCAA coaches aren't even being shy about it. They're tweeting it. This this <laughs> hands to the face stuff is is terrible and. and and this and that, and so Mark Branch did it, and I said, I said, Coach Branch, aren't aren't you on the rules committee, or who's on the rules committee this year? And he's, and he said, um, No, I'm not on the rules committee anymore, Willie. But this isn't a new rule. Right. What it is, it's been in the rule book for years. But what it is is, before the season, the referees have a meeting, and they said, All right, this year, a point of emphasis is hands to the face. Yep. Well, they've and emphasized so, it. Th- so they have this meeting, and they're like, hey, pay attention to this and call it. And so now you see all this stuff happening. And it's just like last week at Super 32 when they had a meeting, point of emphasis for edge stalling. Um, if they continue to look at it and be that anal about it all the time, it's gonna be. It's gonna lose the spirit of the rule, right? Right. And the spirit of the rule is we don't want guys just mashing in the face. And reality is, sometimes on accident your hand hits the face. Sometimes you're post on the head. Sometimes you're going for the club. Um, call it when it's appropriate. Not don't go out there and look and say I'm calling this. Is if it touches, 
I'm calling it. Yeah, it's going to be dicey um, for 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 a little bit, and you know I think there was some crazy edge stuff. I, I feel like every year there's kind of a thing where like, oh my gosh, that's how they're calling it, and then by the time second semester rolls around, they kind of get it under control. So I'm hoping this will be that kind of a situation. Um, I don't know what prompted the like, you know what? Now's the time to emphasize it. It's like. Hey, St. John and Zane Rutherford are now graduated, so now we're going to implement this rule. <laughs> Two of like the most infamous, but um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting it's, to me. To me, name it's a guy. Gonna... Name a guy currently in college that is really bad. Like, does it all the time. Where, where... Apparently, Brian Lantry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know until. Uh... Well, uh, what Illinois kid got disqualified for it? I think. No, not Barone. It was, Somebody from Illinois got DQ. Yeah, whoever was re- hold on, whoever hey. was wrestling Leith was disqualified. Oh yeah, he got DQ'd. Now, hey, breaking news: just got a text from a Big Ten head coach. I have had two officials tell me I have to call hands to the face, or they will take duels away from me. They aren't going to stop calling it. Oh, oh good boy. job, NCAA leadership, NCAA officials leadership. That's stupid. Two. two. I really think by December one we will see them call this less and less yeah well to your point about um things getting ironed out it part of its early season right and part of it is coaches and athletes uh, adapting to the rule which i don't know i think in any sport wrestling does the best of trying to manipulate rules and try to figure out how to use them to your advantage and i'm yeah. like team captain of there's no such thing as gaming rules you either follow them or you don't and wrestling is really good at figuring out what is the rule okay here's the line we're gonna be right here um, but I also think the early part of the season, there's such a volume of matches because there's so many opens. There's so many guys who are new to college, so many guys changing weight, so many different moving parts, and probably a lot of new refs as well, or refs who haven't called um, matches, you know, since whatever, since last March. Um, so when you combine all those things and then you have a new point of emphasis and then everybody's watching because, okay, it's the first weekend of the season, we got to get our college wrestling fix in, then everyone everyone yeah, starts blowing up. I don't think it's – I don't know if it's that. Yeah. I, I think there's a problem – I think there's a problem when officials have a meeting and say, hey, watch for this. This is a point of emphasis. You're calling this. Make sure you call it. Why, why does there have to be a point of I, emphasis? Just call the match. officials call things that aren't – that's not what that is. Yeah. I, I just never viewed it as a, as a big problem. And, and one other thing that, that does bother me is how punitive it is. A, a point – let's call it what it is. A point is a takedown. One point is a takedown. That is such a tremendous penalty. I mean, um, I, I think I think it's too much. I think there should be a warning. I think if you're going to make it a point of emphasis, um, you should adjust the rule somewhat. It should have a warning. I wouldn't mind. Listen, if you go once, you get a warning, and you do it again, incidentally or not, you know what? You kind of get what you get. That's why I honestly don't have that much sympathy for the Illinois kid that got DQ'd. If wrestling is all about making in-match adjustments. You can't stop your hands from going in the man's face after he must have done it four times, because I think it's four he to got get called four times. Yeah. So if you do it four times, I don't know. I'm just not that sympathetic there. I'm sympathetic to the guy in in an eight eight barn burner that, that goes hands to the time. face in the NCAA quarters one time and loses nine eight. Uh, that's where my sympathy is going to lie because it's not. I mean, ultimately, what what do we want in a wrestling match? We want the skills to be rewarded. 
right? There's no skill in getting your hand, your face touched by someone else's hand. I don't want that to determine winners. There's skill in so many things that's rewarded in wrestling. This is, there's no skill involved here, right? And it's not brutal. It's not taking a knee out. It's not doing a Kimura, right? It's hands to the face. And, and, and to me in wrestling, you know, it's, it's the most brutal physical sport maybe there is, right? And that's just, you're just going to have, it's going to be a byproduct of, of something that's a, that's a fight with rules. You're going to get some hands in the face. Yeah. Hopefully, look, hopefully they're just, hey, making a point of emphasis. The first, the, maybe they're, we're talking about exactly what the, we, they want us to talk about. They scare the crap out of everybody. And by December, it's gone. Yeah. And maybe, you know what? Maybe that's, that's the byproduct. Maybe they're, they, how about this? Maybe it's not that it's going to get called differently, but maybe NCAA-wide, they're going to adjust. Zane Rutherford adjusted in international. He stopped going hands to the face um, quite as much. So maybe all these coaches are seeing this. They're like, and they're going to get real militant about it in the practice room and make sure, and then maybe they're just going to eliminate it. And maybe the NCAA just eliminated a problem and they're the actual geniuses after all. There is a, uh. to your point about like warnings and stuff. Uh, so I'm rewatching because it happened to Caleb Romero um, against Tanner Schedule, and it, I mean, it nearly cost him a match. But as I'm rewatching it, um, he does it like twice in a row. Like he touches the guy, and then you see the ref kind of like mm. zone in. Then he touches him again, and then you see him, and then you see both refs at like the the side ref too, um, or associate ref, whatever it's called. At the same time, are like, okay, dude, you just you, you hit him in the face three times with your hand. You can't do that. So I, I do agree there probably should be a warning, but. You can have discretion as a ref to be like, to be like, uh, okay, I'm watching you now. Well, th- I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. You, it's, the referees have to have discretion. Like, if you say the point of emphasis is no hands to the face, if you say the point of emphasis is edge stalling, you you still have discretion to know if that's stalling or not. Right. So, uh, okay, on on the good note. We got to talk about Johnny Quickstall. He was the hero of the Wisconsin Buffalo duel. He was calling Stalin like crazy. I loved it. His name is Jason Wedgeberry, according to Jake Angich. He's from Iowa, and he's always been a great ref, and I believe it. Wedgeberry? Wedgeberry, yes. So shout out to him, but his name is not that anymore. He has to legally change it to, J- to Johnny, Johnny Quickstall. That's a name, boy. That's a great name. I want to uh, keep that. So if you see Johnny Quickstall. AKA he may answer to Jason. Just don't call him that. Um, you thank him. Just shake his hand and thank him for his service to college wrestling. He's saving it, and uh, it just takes it just takes one man to to be the change. So thanks for calling Stalling. Uh, it's gonna make wrestling happen. And hey, how good did uh, wrap up Buffalo? How good did um, Alex Smythe look? Oh Where's my gosh. A coach texted me. I tweeted about it. Like this guy is going to be problems this year, and I don't think Wick is all the way back or whatever. I, I he's got a road still with with the injury he had. It, it sounds like a a thing, but man, just just in the deed, how right, that guy looked. Oh my gosh, he is so quick to the leg. He can. And I was I was like, how is he's big for the weight? I was like, how's he going to do our way in? He. He looked big. Man, he comes hard for seven minutes. That's one match, small sample size, and this guy's D1 results are basically bad. They're bad. It's not even like he's a, he's a fifth year, right? He's been in the mix. Last year he was like 
500 ish maybe he was his career record is 49 and 46 and he was 13 and 11 last year 13 what happened qualified for ncaa's how no. does that even happen what happened that's I, what i was gonna say how like we talk about all the you you i forget who i who i was saying like oh if you can clean this up on the mat and you're like well how often do we see guys do that in their fourth or fifth year exactly how often do we see so guys rare. make an actual jump in their fifth year well i think i think it happens to guys that are maybe not the most talented coming out but they they go to a place with a system and a good coach, and they stick to the plan. And I think that's a little bit what you've had with, with Alex. Um, you're talking with Coach Stutzman. You know, he's had his ups and downs and his adversity he's had to deal with. But, man, he's putting it all together now. And he's got a skill set that is he, – he's kind of, he knows how he's going to win matches, right? Really good reattacks, quick single legs, hard hand fighting. And knowing just your identity – Maybe that's part of it, too. You figure out kind of how am I going to win matches here. Trusting your game plan going in, like you were saying, knowing how to win matches. Like, okay, if I do X, Y, Z, I trust that I can beat 90% of guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah and also don't do A, B, and C. Right. Stay away from where you're weak. Stay away from where you're vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I man, what can you say? I thought he looked great. Um, and, and, you know, Coach Stutzman told me it was it's just cool talking to him. He's so fired up. Um, he's like, man, he, he's just kind of got that perpetual chip, which is like perfect for the program. They, you know, he had it at Bloomsburg, had it at Buffalo. It's like they're not the big powers, and they just kind of carry that. And he carries it, and he's like, we're we're better than people. We're better than people. Think. Hey, they they really are. They really Stutzman. are. They're really First good. Of all, Stutzman Stutzman's awesome. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people know that. Uh, inside the sport and and but he's right up and down the lineup those guys can wrestle and you know what they don't do it you often think like okay a good coach will go to a school and he's definitely going to make the lineup improve because he's a great coach um and then they'll get some recruits in and then they'll really be cooking with grease right Mm -hmm. well stutzman Stutzman raised the level of all the guys in his lineup, but he still hasn't. They still don't get great recruits, and still they're they're a tough out. All their guys are a tough out. Yeah, and and that's why you see teams like Penn State bring them in. That's why you see Wisconsin schedule. They they want their guys to get that kind of a scrap. It's like yeah, hey, we don't we don't want to go against an Iowa necessarily, and really, but man, we want some guys that are going to fight us, and that's why I, I think teams want to wrestle Buffalo. And yet they probably kind of don't, but it's like it's good for their guys. Right. It's when when you're in the first round, you're a top five seed. You might even now with the new seed um, seed and everybody, you still might catch one of those dudes who's just ah, god dang it, I gotta wrestle this dude for seven minutes. Yeah, he's just pain pains in the neck. Yeah. So great duel, had a lot of fun. I think you know Wisconsin's got a lot of promise, to, but you know they're not all the way there yet. I How don't think. awesome was. That first match, just like back and forth, back and forth. It was Groom, great. Connor Brown pin, and then parties. He partied, man. <laughs> that celebration. I think Bodo said he's like I was terrible. <laughs> like he's like it was awful. He's like we we need to grab him or something. <laughs> I just love that the kid seems so excited because he I I pulled up the stupid golf hockey swing he did last year. The kid seems so excited after some matches that he's like, "I don't even know what I want to do. I just want to do something." It was like he started the dance and then he was like, "Oh, wait a minute. I planned on doing this." And then he like did the right. LeBron, LeBron and he flag. Well, here's the thing though. How did Correct me if I'm wrong. Cuz I've never been to a Wisconsin duel. 
But I were, I read their forum, and it's like that was like the best environment at a Wisconsin duel ever. It was. I was like, I've never I've never been to a Wisconsin duel in my life, obviously, and I didn't even hear the final attendance there. But that place was loud, super knowledgeable. They, it's like it's like the community was just like looking for something to get super excited about. Okay, but okay, but <laughs> that's Bono's first duel. I mean, I know. Davis was there for a million years, and there was cricket. You could hear the electric in the building. I know. Culture I mean, change. Yeah, cu- culture, and, and, you know, Bono's always made uh, an emphasis around, like, the environment. He, he shot that, for that at, at Frost. I know. At I, I mean, to me, it's just, like, a really real thing, is that he engenders passion, and he, like, he, he's obviously going out and working and saying, Exactly. People are going to come here. He knows how to market a program, and he knows how to work with his athletic department to market a program in a duel. Well, yeah. even like when we were there for the final X road trip, and we ran into some coaches at whatever restaurant we went to, they're like, yeah, Bono comes out, talks to these coaches all the time. We have, you know, whether it's clinics or whether just a booster or just go into practice and be like, hey, we're, we, we need you guys to, to come to Badgers duels this year and, and be fans. I mean, I was talking to some guy who – He's a Hawkeye fan, but he lives like 45 minutes from Madison, and he's like, "Yeah, I bought uh, Wisconsin season tickets this year." Yeah, like yeah. what? Uh, how oh, do you do that? I don't know. He has, the dude's relentless. I mean, Reader and, and Bono are just relentless dudes. I mean, Bono, McDonough is too, but like that's like the duo right now. And man, just like endless energy, and they're in lockstep. So it, the last thing, and I was talking to Bracky about this when, when I came in. All I want is for all whatever number of division one programs there are in 10 15 years to have season tickets to have a baseline number of fans at a duel and coaches that care then the team trophies the 80 all-americans the 10 champs that'll figure itself out if we just have every program with a coach that cares and a fan base that 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 will show up Kyle Dresden will be a good place and the rest of it will take care of itself yeah you're you're right and that's you know that's 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 the role of the head coach that's the role of the Staff. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be, but you you just got to get out there yeah. and work to to make that happen. And it's really just work. Like if you work, the you can have that. Um, okay, so that was Wisconsin. There's so many other things with Wisconsin I could talk about. Really loved Wisconsin. It was awesome. Thanks to to Bono and company for letting me kind of hang around there for two days. Did you have a spotted cow? No, I didn't do. You know where I didn't eat any Wisconsin fare. I went. I ate at Chipotle, and um, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have any cheese curds. Nothing. I didn't do anything. Was you really I, messed up? I literally just. I was just in the room the whole time. I would just. I would be there till like I was there late both nights and just picked up something on the way home. I don't. Know. Do we want to talk about the number two team in the country? Number three. Who's that? The, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, they're not number two or three. What um, are they? Did they drop? Well, I hope not number two or three. I'm pretty sure they started preseason rankings as two. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Really? They got a whole bunch of guys ranked one and two. Ohio State? Yeah. They They're should. literally second. Crap. By eight They're not points. finishing top two. <laughs> okay, they might not, but right now they currently are. What have I done? All right. Let's talk about it. Talk we about don't have to, but no, just... We, no, let's talk about yeah. it. They didn't look good. For, uh, I completely I agree. They I did not think. look good. Micah did, but... Mike, it did, but yeah, I, I Keyshawn, I was uh, I was disappointed. I know he's up basically two weights, so maybe I don't know what to say. 
But, you know, I've always been kind of a Keyshawn guy. Um, Tishan, I didn't think looked particularly good. Heavyweight's going to be an issue this year. Tishan's Tishan. Like, that's what you're going to get every single match. I know. I, I think I think it is one of those things, though, where sometimes we'll say, all right, this guy was at this program. It wasn't going great, but you drop him into this program, and then we're going to see basically the same guy. We thought that well, last I, year, I, and then he majored Valencia, and we're like, yep, yep here we go, and then happened. nothing. Then I even thought that when he was at Pitt. Like, I was like, okay, he's I, – I, I think it was his first or second match ever against Lehigh. And I'm like, you know what? He's a raw kid. Wasn't from the greatest high school program. He's solid. Give him a year or two. He's going to be legit. And just never happened. Yeah, he's just, he's, he, he is. He is who he is. Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, you know, Caleb Romero didn't blow me away. Um, I mean, Miles looked good. 25, I don't think Bracken's going to be their dude. Uh, and Tom Ryan. You think you think Heinzelman's going to be put in? So yeah, I don't see why not. <clears throat> when Heinzelman I, tore it up at Michigan State Open, for what it's worth. Yeah, so when I talked to Tom Ryan afterwards, he made it very clear that um, the lineup's not set, and he brought up Heinzelman. Now, he won the freshman division, which right. I'm not knocking it because basically every kid who's a true freshman wrestles in the freshman division their first time out, so that's normal. Um, but he made it clear 125 and heavyweight aren't set, which is kind but of why, a, That's I don't get that, though. Well, it's unusual, though, for Ohio State because if they're going to – normally, if they're rolling out a true freshman, no, 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 no. they just do it right away. What I'm away. saying is I get Heinzelman. I get Heinzelman wrestling freshman, sophomore. I think Heinzelman should go. I think Heinzelman's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, what I don't get – what I don't understand, and Tom Ryan knows more wrestling than I do, I don't understand why Singletary wrestled in the freshman, sophomore division. Yeah, I don't get. That I don't either. get why Heinzelman did either. If you think if you think that he could possibly be the guy for you, why not put him out there? I know. I don't know. It's his first college tournament ever. You the know. dude has been wrestling college guys for you know in freestyle for a while now. And hey, listen, can we not? Let's not paint the MSU Open as you know Cliff Keen Las Vegas, right? The 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 Open Division. It's you know. How how competitive was that? I mean, none of these opens are like Ravon Foley, Drew Matten final. He so could have absolutely been in the mix with both of those guys. Yeah, you could really see where he's at with those guys. He's not going to get uh, Malik's not getting demoralized by those guys, right? Like he may lose to both of them for for all I know. But I don't. He can go. Yeah, with he may he may lose to both of them, but he he could beat one of them. Right. I, I also so I was there all day Saturday, right, and I got to see. Um, Ohio State, get ready, and I got to see Navy get ready. Um, I don't want to say Ohio State didn't take this duel seriously because that makes it sound like the coaches were being lackadaisical, but I think they were very aware that, like, this is a November 3rd duel. We don't need to be running on all cylinders. Now, obviously, they weren't necessarily happy with the way their guys wrestled, but I think it was kind of Navy was way more amped up for this and wanted to, to, to make a statement. And, look, Tom Ryan, he mentioned this in his post-match interview. He was teammates with Joel Sherritt, right? Like, those guys go way back, and he, Tom Ryan was expecting this to, to be a – Navy didn't shoot, okay? They did a lot of hanging. They did a lot of hand fighting. They did a lot of um, pulling guys in, into front head, and they got a couple um, you know, penalty points. But what Tom Ryan was also really happy with was when a lot of times 
minus the 25 match. When they needed points, they went out and got them in the third period, right? Caleb Romero got a late score. Uh, Trout so got late. a late score. Joey McKenna rode out the third period. And, again, look, Nick Gill's very good, right? Um, and Joey had to make weight twice in less than 22 hours. Yeah, McKenna's one. I don't, I don't really factor that in because yeah. what he did is Me insane. Yep. And Nick Gill is, is really tough. And, you know, just that is a just-get-your-hand-raised situation. Right. So I don't even lump him in. I throw him kind of out. Um, especially considering he smashed Cade Brock the night before. Yeah. Nothing to worry about with, with Joey McKenna. And even with Hayes, right? I mean, I don't look at Hayes. Hayes I, was the one that was, but I, I, to me, disappointing. Yeah. Because I, he didn't look good early. He, even though he came back and won, um, Prince had no defense. I, like, I, I thought I thought Keyshawn scored really easy. Easily, I thought he was breathing heavy at the end. Uh, I'm concerned about Keyshawn. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, Ohio State moves on. Rutgers, not a ton uh, to discuss other than Soriano at 33 yeah. for now. And um, will he come down? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Why? What do you come down for? He can win 33. It's harder, but he can win. But maybe it's not harder because Spencer Lee could just be like unreachable. We don't it, actually know if it's harder. It's harder in the sense that there are more guys who can win, and there's a close cluster of very high level guys, and like your quarterfinal is going to be tougher, right? But mm-hmm. is it harder in the sense that is it harder to beat Spencer Lee? Is it harder to beat Seth Gross, who's you know number one guy at each weight? Yeah, I don't know. Probably, maybe harder to beat. It's probably harder to beat Spencer. IMO. Okay, M- Missouri, Illinois. Car Ironman was apparently crazy. I'm really bummed I missed it. Um, but apparently Ironman had to dig deep to beat Mike Carr. And, you know, kind of – well, one, Mike Carr's really tough. Beat Nick Lee last year, right? But, two, Ironman does this, right? From time to time, it's like he'll get in uh, a little bit of trouble, but he figures it out. Who was – I forget who it was last year. It was he, an SIUE duel. It was like a total rando. Let me find the score. I, I can't because even remember that guy's name. So like eighteen sixteen. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It it was like you know, Ironman to me is a very interesting um, baseline for one forty one in terms of like if you get destroyed by Jaden, you're not going to be there with Joey McKenna and. Um, Yanni right at the end of the year but if you can kind of hang with him it kind of to me it says something about um, where you're at in that pecking order because I think Ironman can be figured out Uh, I think he's a pain to figure out but I think he can be figured out and he is so goofy that if you allow yourself to um, kind of I don't know. I think people people have hung with him before. I, I think hanging with him doesn't mean anything. Dakota Leach is ranked number 200 on WrestleStat, and it was 1715. I don't think that's indicative. <laughs> I think the guy just has – Ranked number 200. I, I think this guy just has matches where it's just like, uh, I don't know. He He's crazy. He does crazy, awesome stuff. Yeah. And it's just like it, – it's a little um, – Dylan Ness in his first two years, it was yeah. just like, dude, what is he? <laughs> is there is there maybe any correlation with like a bad weight cut, maybe too? That's possible. No, I think it's Jaden being Jaden. I, I yeah, I agree. I think he's gonna have well. those matches. I don't think it's. I think if it was a bad weight cut, he would have a big lead in like meltdown. He wouldn't have to like storm back was, and do these theatrics. Yeah, he was losing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. People, some people. He was he was lo- he was losing nine four going to the third period. Now Golly. some people will sell you some people will tell you that 
uh, there was two questionable takedowns for Carr. Um, maybe maybe that's debatable, but okay, take the two takedowns away. Carr's leading. I don't know, five two. All right, it's five three. Um, so and then Carr didn't have good defense. Like it was way too easy for Ironman to get in on him in the third. Hmm. Um, Willie's very I, critical of of head hands recently. Watch the match. I mean, uh, it, the first two periods, Carr was in on shot after shot after shot, and then I think he was like deer in the headlights in the third period. He's like, I don't know if he knew how to close it out. And Ironman, take a shot, get it. Take a shot, get it. And uh, then rode him out to force overtime. I don't think there's anything wrong with Jaden. I don't think it no. means much of anything other than Jaden. Jaden's Jaden. Jaden's Jaden, and my car's good. That's that's my takeaways yeah. from it. We got a lot of opens. How many of them do we want to talk about? Uh, not many. Um, I'll, I do want to mention Will Lewan beats Alec Pantelio for the second time. Yeah, again. And I, I was like, as we were sitting, or I was just thinking about it, I was like, ah, okay. I mean, to me, it just means Willowan is legit as we thought he would be. He's a cadet world champion. And when Pantelio graduates, they're going to be set at 157. And then the wrestling nomad made a really good point this morning. They got my wheels a turning. I stole, th- I stole this from somebody who, so I put out this thing yesterday that was like a prelude to FRL questions, which is what was the biggest question you had answered in week one? And what is your biggest question heading into week two? And somebody said, what did Pantaleo certify at? Can he drop to 49? And they have Will Luongo 57, because if you look at Michigan's lineup, um, nothing against Malik, but that would you would consider Pantaleo to be an upgrade over him. And then Luan would theoretically not be much of a drop-off because he's beaten Pantaleo twice and he beat a whole bunch of other guys. He, I mean, that was that was the finals match, right? So um, yeah, how that about could be Luan an interesting goes, wrinkle. Sudden victory over Zach Carson, sudden victory over Jake Tucker, sudden victory over Will Luan. Oh, my gosh. Or over Pantaleo, sorry. So heart, heart attack kid there. I, I think that's interesting. I don't know if Michigan – who does Michigan lose this year other than Alec? That is a good question. I think just really him. Really quickly, I will – I mean, Acid maybe, but he's not even going to be in the lineup. Malik. They don't lose um, – Well, Acid's still junior eligible. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. I feel like he's been a freshman. They, they lose 49-57. That's they would, it. But they don't lose Logan. They don't lose – so, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I think you give it a shot. I mean, but but well, at I that think, point, but at that's that point, the case too. I mean, you have to look at the ability uh, to score points as a team. Like, what what's the benefit to pulling Paris? Well, that's what I was gonna. That was the next thing. It's like I think if you use Luan, you use, you use Paris too, and then just go. You pin Matt Stencil uh, fourteen uh, seconds. Think... Yeah, I mean, look, I look think at heavy, gonna look at heavyweight Willie. What? Look at heavyweight Willie. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying if you drop Pantaleo to 49, uh-huh. then you pull Paris, right? And Luan, yeah, yeah. But not, but not just Luan over Pantaleo and then pull Paris. Well, there's there's a couple oh, questions no. though. It would yeah, have yeah, to be yeah. all three. Yes. The the first question: yeah. Did Pantaleo certify 149? Because mm-hmm. if he didn't, then they can't do it. Second of all, we just we just spent. 25 minutes talking about this 1.5% rule. He weighed in 56.9. So it literally wouldn't be able to happen until... It's going to be a while. It'd be yeah, four second five, semester. Four or five weeks. Yeah. But Alec has said he doesn't cut much weight, right? He's mentioned that before. It, it could be something where they hold him out. Um, consider it. I don't know. 
we'll, we'll see. But I'm I'm fascinated to to see what 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 co- that's a, comes there. That's a bad team, man. They're gonna they're gonna be on a podium for a while, I think. Well, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. I mean, they could. Uh, you know, it's gonna be hard. And then it's hard. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Madden beat Acid, so um, figure he's the guy. Yeah. Couple things figured out. Couple things still in question right now for Wolverines. Okie doke. No, I mean, I mean, you don't think so? I think they're going to be on the podium for a while, man. They got to be top four. There's already three. They're not beating they're not... Penn State, Iowa, or Oklahoma State. So there's room for one. I, they're not guaranteed. Yeah, they they're in the mix, but no, I don't. I don't necessarily mean this year. Oh, okay. Well, you said for a while. Been... Well, <laughs> I, I think I think if they. If they hold back Luan and they hold back Paris, I think they could go on a run. We got Silva coming in. They got a ton of lightweights coming in. Store, yeah, they're gonna be nasty. Real quick, speaking of um, lineup questions, uh, Joe Smith didn't wrestle this weekend at the OCU Open, and Chandler Rogers weighed in at sixty-five point eight. So Rogers gonna be sixty-five, and Joe Smith, I who knows? They say Joe's first competition is gonna be like at eighty-four. Didn't Rogers wrestle seventy-four though? Right, he, he, that's what I'm saying. He weighed in 65.8, okay. wrestled 74. So that mean, like clearly he's on that 1.5 right, and just was right. a little heavy. Yeah. And, Joe, and, well, you're leaving out the big thing there. Dayton wrestled 33. Yeah, I don't oh. know. Oh. That yeah. is big. Yeah, yeah, I yeah guess that's, we, that's the news there, Nomad. Well, what did, we, what just, he, we had talked about it. I feel like we had talked about it a lot where we all thought he was going up. But. What did he weigh? Oh, oh, you can get all the weigh-in sheets? Oh, cool. Look oh, he's up. got it. I'll look it up. He's looking it up, guys. Jeez. 33.0. Thank right. God you gave us that Chandler Rogers update, though. Yeah. Well, no, that was notable. No. That's notable. It was no- two time all Because if he I wrestles am- at 74. I understand that, but he completely buried the lead, which is Dayton Fix. I thought we had all accepted. He weighed 32.9. I thought we had all accepted that Dayton was going 33. 32.9. That doesn't sound like a guy that's. He, he can't go. You know I, what that tells me for next weekend? Seth Gross, Dayton Fix. Uh, and Ethan Lezak, Dayton Fix. Oh, my gosh, Dayton. Ooh. And he, back-to-back days. Dayton, get some rest, buddy. Back-to-back days? Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is, the next weekend, State goes to Brookings what? and then Minneapolis or vice versa. One of the fingers crossed hey, on Gross. No, no kidding, though. I mean, imagine it. If Dayton was trying to make twenty five and twenty six, I don't. I don't care. Who don't do it, Dayton. Them. Don't do it. Please don't. Don't do it. We love you. Don't do it, buddy. Okay. Um, questions from friends. Time, I do believe. Friends. Um, our friend Tommy Esperanza asks: Did Dana White deliberately schedule Askren's first fight in January specifically to ruin our chance to see him wrestle the Heat at Midlands? Yes. No. Wait. Do you think that ruins Midlands? I don't know if it did, but I lo- I'm, in on, I'm in on that conspiracy theory. It's a month apart. I don't know. Ben's probably will laugh at that. Like, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to stop him from it. The only thing that's going to stop him is they put it in the contract. You cannot compete. He did not do it deliberate, deliberately, but it's a fun conspiracy theory. He's like, yeah, I can see Dana. He's like, hey. Let's someone, really screw flow out of Midlands. When's the Kincraft Midlands? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I don't Let's know. throw Askren on that card. He did not. He did not do it specifically for Midlands, but a lot of people aren't happy with with the fight that the he arranged. Who was he fighting? Robbie Lawler. Fighting Robbie Lawler, who you know they they say if Ben wins, you know it's going to be like, oh well, Robbie's old and he just is coming off injury. Ben's old. Um, I, don't think I he's know, but that's not the point. They didn't sign Ben so they could say Ben's old. Yeah. Right. I mean, sign Ben to make a point. 
Uh, Robbie's 36. Yeah, I, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll win that, and then he'll he'll start eating his way up the chain. He's a top five guy because he's fifth, and there you go. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, so that's that question from that friend. Um, not a question, but just want to say Kyle Brackey is officially worse than co-worker food-eating wrestling nomad. Hook em horns. So this is a uh, Texas fan that's sad. Hey, Jordan, why don't you go cry about it? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Shearer. Hey, read, the, read the question from Bobby Shearer. No, I, he, it was I. I figured out it was a joke. He said, "Will Flo finally give Alex Smythe some love and rank him?" And I was like, "I was like, Bobby's smart." I was like, "This is interesting." I was like, "Hey man, why would we rank him? He's completely unrankable in every sense of the word." But it was because Stutzman. We talked about the chip. He's got a chip. And we love it. He's like, maybe we'll finally get ranked. He said that in the press. I wasn't going to correct him because you correct John Stutzman. Uh, oh. <laughs> but he's – I don't want to be like, actually, technically, Coach, he's completely unrankable because uh, – no, just just let him go. Great win by Alex. But, yeah, he's not rankable. I can't rank him. But if he beats some ranked guys, then then we rank him. But rank him. Xander's not ranked. Um, okay, Julio has a three-parter. And uh, in the day and age of uh, 480 – characters in twitter that's a that's a feat but i'll just kind of give you the the long and short you keep saying it's in dake's best interest to pull down to 74 to knock off burrows so burrows isn't sitting in the finals of the olympic trials of 2020 um since final x has been established wouldn't it be better for dake to wrestle 79 next year as reigning world champ all he has to do in 2020 is win the open then he gets to sit in the finals of trials not if burrows medals this year at worlds he doesn't and the only way you can stop burrows from meddling this year at worlds is to him. Hope <laughs> someone else beats him at Worlds, which good luck with that, or you beat him yourself. That's also not how they do the Olympic trials. Open when open winners don't sit. Well, remember the open for Olympic trials was in the Olympic trials was the same times when the open usually is in the open in December, right? In 2015, oh. and it was similar in 2012. And somebody else also, I don't know if they it was never a question or if it was just to me, but they kept saying, why do you why do you keep saying Dake is going to wrestle Burroughs in the U.S. Open last year? He's not. He's not because Burroughs is sitting this year, in, you mean. Yeah, Burroughs this is sitting year. in Final X. I don't I don't know why I kept saying the Open. It was supposed to be what? Final X. Well, because we kept saying, like, hey, la- it was, it was going to be, like, 2017. Uh, right, right. But it's not. I, I boofed that. That's all right. It's my bad. I kind of was going along with it, too, not yeah. really thinking because he, he placed. Were you going to say something, Willie? No, uh, uh, only that. Uh, several. I heard Nomad make the mistake on the show before, um, but several people said we kept saying it. I don't recall us making that mistake more than once. Yeah, maybe we did. Sorry, yeah. that was inaccurate by us. Um, but yeah, Burroughs won't be wrestling at the U.S. Open unless he wants to. Jordan, open invitation, wrestling Literally. open, but he's not going to. Cool, um, uh, Brian Walters. Uh, good to shake my hand at the Fieldhouse in Madison. Nice to meet you, and nice to meet you. Love the coverage you're giving Badge Wrestling. My question is, apparently uh, Ben Askren going down, um, Ben Askren versus what? Robbie Lawler's going down UFC. Over under a number of takedowns, Askren takedowns. I don't know. Probably like four or five. I think he's going to beat Robbie pretty soundly, if I had to say. But Brian, the only reason I asked this question, it's not really that great of a question, Brian. TBH, but he complained. He's like, you never, a- you never ask my questions. Well, Brian, nice to meet you. Here's your question, but I don't know. Also, if you go back to when Askren did the um, hello from the Askren side, he called out Robbie. Oh, okay, good. 
Glad to see that call. Another question I don't want to ask, but I want to stop reading every Tuesday and Thursday till I die. Sam Herring, could I get y'all's thoughts on what adding middle school to who's number one would do? Have you ever given that any thought? Sam, Sam, oh. I love you. Love your passion and persistence. But no, I'm. we're not adding who's number one. I don't know what why you're so passionate about adding middle I've, school. I've, here, I think I know, one. Willie. I think – I think. He he. Sam must coach or know or have some really good middle schooler. He Sam's wants to or be a middle schooler. He could be. Well, my. Oh, what if Sam's a middle schooler? His Sam was 2006. 2006. It's Sam. <laughs> oh, Sam's a Sam's a it's Sam's a nine. <laughs> Dang it. We just got got by a 12 year old. No wonder he's so persistent. <laughs> Pull up his bio, Kyle. I don't know why it changes everything. I thought this guy was like 36. I did too. <laughs> Dang it, Sam, 2006. That's what I thought. After like the second time, I was like, this, I think I this never guy wants to wrestle. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. His, look at his background. Yeah. His background. It's uh, him. For, He's wrestling 55 pounds. Daggone yeah. it. All right, Sam, you're the man. Well, what do they call that? What, Bantam. <sighs> yeah, Bantam. I think we got to invite him, not to wrestle, but just to have him I there. I thought he was 36 because he's being like semi-mean. <laughs> Again, can I get your all's thoughts? Yeah, right, I like. Hey, hey, Sam, d- you're the man. Keep it up. Go check out his check out his Twitter. His his um cover thing. His cover photo is Flo, it says Flow Wrestling Radio Live. So Sam Wise, 2006. Yeah, uh, Sam, you're awesome. An up but and cutter. Once you're a freshman, get to that top two spot. Keep grinding. Keep yeah. grinding. Big shout. We're not, we're not flying kids in a middle school from California. It's not happening. Okay. All right, and this is another question I don't really want to ask, but I think these are funny too because people keep asking us questions like to give wrestling advice as though we would be the source for that. As though this we is ev- easy. As though we ever even talk about like, you know what, the, what that they're not using the bar arms enough. But anyways, Digby <laughs> asks, best, move, best moves in each position to teach brand new wrestlers in middle school? Headlock neutral. Next topic. <laughs> well, no, you're no, you're right. I was gonna say, <laughs> go watch the Tim Flynn headlock video. Yep. He shows a headlock from every single position, and that's what you, you should be doing. In reality, um, I'll just what I'll do is answer how I think Mike Malinconico would answer, and that would probably be chasing tail. Just getting really good at that snap down circle, get the hamstring. He calls it chasing tail. Now remember, chasing tail. Can be a double entendre. We're talking about wrestling. It is a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's what he calls it. If it if that's dirty, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to Sam Herring. You the don't n- understand I'm that. I'm the other list. Well, I get it. I'm not saying Mike's using it as a double entendre. I'm just saying some people. <sighs> It'd be a real shame if people took it that way. Yeah. Okay. Just move on. <laughs> Remember, remember th- when you guys said the best thing for my middle schooler was to chase the chase? <laughs> He's a jiggle now. All right, short. <laughs> call it short offense, maybe. Short offense. Sorry to be offensive. <laughs> Shut up, guys. Hey. He's an extra on the deuce. All right. Um, Jake Intrater. Intrater. Fake name, I'm pretty sure. How can UWW fix these 1-1 shot clock matches where criteria goes a person to win on shot clock first? Usually less aggressive wrestler. Happened to Burkett, happened to Molinaro, and World Team Trials. Frustrating to watch. I honestly, you know what, UWW? What else can you do? Yeah. They don't want to no. they don't want to score points. What are you supposed to do? You know what? Jake. If you lose on criteria one one in in with a step out, with all the ways you can score in freestyle, you can't figure out one way to get a point on your own. Disqualifying both. It should be a double loss. You're out of the tournament. 
thankfully at least one person loses in this situation. I have no sympathy for anyone that loses 1-1. If the guy's stalling or whatever, he has six minutes to score. If you tried to game it by criteria, congrats. But you're not winning a world title that way probably. My thoughts exactly. And how many – you don't see these matches. It's pretty rare. It's pretty dang rare. And I just I, – I, I know when I'm watching those matches, I'm not like – upset when the American is losing. I'm like, that's that's how it works. You don't score yeah. any points in six minutes of freestyle. How about another it, passivity? The, how about another passivity? <laughs> the, the, the point of the shot clock is very sound, which is every study you ever do is at the hardest point to score, like in terms of the flow of a match, the hardest point to score is the first point. And then what's the first point is scored? Scoring goes up, whatever, exponentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the earlier that a point can be scored, like obviously this makes sense, the earlier points can be scored, more points can be scored in a match. But the earlier a point can be scored, the better, because then guys can be like, okay, well now I have to open up. I have to score points because there's a point on the board. Right. So, yeah, UWW, you're off the hook here. It's on the, it's on the athletes. They're not, they're not just – yeah, they're not just off the hook. The, the, the rules are great. Yeah. Does I it, mean, they does, can't – UWW can't wrestle the match with these guys. Yeah. Freestyle um, rule sets basically as good as it can be. Yeah, it's good. Um if you want to pour into, okay, should the last point score? Yeah, sure. I don't know what makes the first point more valuable than the last point. Whatever. But that's the thing and whatever. Ian, uh, Ian, this is a big question. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Yes. Absolutely. It's true. What? How do you know? Did you stop using it? I stopped using it. <laughs> well, no, no. He's not saying if you stop using it, if you don't use it at all. Yeah, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. That's true. I can't ride a bike anymore. I screwed it up again. All right, yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I never stopped using it. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brent? Yeah, I don't know. He kept, he said blast a lot. He was – hey, Tom Tom was uh, – The best was the fat cat. The fat cat, hungry wolf, not a why, fat cat. I'll tell you what. I love – I love it. It's, it's pure gold. But <laughs> they always talk about animals. <laughs> all their all their he, rants have like uh telford was talking about dogs or he, de- who talked about deer when the last breath that was that gilman, was gilman. telford okay. was gonna kick a dog he was gonna go bust the party up and kick a dog yeah a tom now see tom and this one was not even close to m- being mean to animals he just used him as a uh he was listening to duran duran on the way over to media day you know hungry like the wolf so I don't know. Um, Tom Brand's a pretty funny guy, actually. Um, okay. Any other big ones before we go? This is an easy one, I think. If you had to pick bottom against Lee, Lee, Zach, or Rutherford, who would you pick? I'd pick Lee, Zach. Someone had an incredible response to that, and they said Lee, Zach, because they would gas him. That's <laughs> right. <bottom>. That's exactly <laughs> what I would do. It was Brad Cravens. Put some respect on Brad Craven. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember who it was. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm sure. I'm of Rutherford course you noticed seems it was Brad Craven. The most Craven's. painful, right? Yeah, uh, Zane would be the most painful, but bar arms are. I don't know. Spencer's Spencer bars. Rips some well, arms. Okay, all right. And it's been mean since he was like 14. All right, here's the thing. A lot of people. You're more likely to get injured against Spencer, because bar shoulder stuff. There's a lot of people that get triggered by Spencer's bars. They don't. Yeah, think I mean, they don't think they're Spencer's legal. Spencer's like. Wah. No, I agree. I'm with you. Right. Wah, but uh, turn me. I'm turning. I'm turn. Count the back points. Yeah, I'm just gonna go. Zane. Zane is just like he's probably forearm in the back of my head. 
Yeah, so my like, my yeah, shoes are touching my ear. Touching, yeah. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> my Thanks heels for... touching my earlobe. Yeah, I'm Spencer, learning... Spencer's bars remind me of of Logan. Yes. Um, and Logan, I remember one time on Twitter, like people were complaining about potentially dangerous being called when you're like running the bar. Yeah. And he's like, just go over. Yeah. If you're gonna if you feel like you're gonna get hurt, just go over. Absolutely. That is literally the point of the bar. Like, the, like that's like the point of every wrestling move. You go until there's a point where you give up, and you either get injured or you get pinned. Well, uh, that's a lot of so them. So pick that's, one. That's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Go over. I, I just wouldn't say every time, you know, not necessarily. <laughs> so a, a tilt, you're not, it's like, I'm either going to get injured or... All right, sure. Vehicle. Maybe not tilt, but there's a lot of them that... Did you ever find that no guy you're going to pin in a tilt? <laughs> no. That was I, a, Well, that he's, was on, he's anonymous <laughs> on Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can talk about that another day. <laughs> that was pretty funny, though. It's almost time to go, so maybe we'll just go. Um, any other questions that that are you're just? Oh, do you know where your polling place is and what documents you need to vote? Asked Matthew Klein. Spay's in line to vote, vote right I, now. I, I says that I'm registered, but I have a Texas license. Am I going to be able to vote? Uh, Spay's dealing with the same thing right now. Actually, he just put don't that. let anyone vote. <laughs> Spay said, true. as we were about to start this show, Spay messaged us and it said, "Can we?" You guys wouldn't tell each other who we're voting for because if they're opposite, I'll just leave this line. It's really long. <laughs> it's like an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine votes for the he wrong said, guy. He said the guy in front of him is in uh, Pokemon pajama pants. Oh, my gosh. Big Spencer fan. S Spencer, yeah. Get. Spencer's registered to vote in Texas, apparently. What? I was just going to. What now? Well, we're, we're 12 over. Like Chenzo the Scuffle. Bringing yeah. that one back around. Bringing that one back. Um. I was just going to do the normal plugs. All right, plug. It's Tuesday. We don't have to plug yet, but plug. Yeah, we got a plug. Well, we got who's number one on the show tomorrow? We're doing Senior Big Board, right? Yes, sir. And then we got a whole slew of events this weekend, including the Frenzy at the Fieldhouse, continuing the alliteration that wrestling so dearly loves. They love it. That, and just so everyone knows, that's Iowa, Kent State, Wisconsin, CSUB. They all wrestle like two or three duels. Iowa and Wisconsin will not wrestle each other because they see each other later in the yeah. Big Ten schedule February 17th in mm -hmm, Madison. Mm -hmm, awesome mm -hmm. to get to see Iowa first time out. Yes. Yeah, I'm writing a article. I think it's up now. Um yeah, about right. who they're going to be sending out cuz they had wrestle offs last weekend. So a couple questions answered. Thanks for your contributions. Cool. Thanks for the plugs. We are ready to go. Control room, command center, Delta Force. We are ready for the outro music. We are so thankful for so many things. And it is Thanksgiving season is coming up. So we're thankful for saunas. I'm thankful for them. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I'm thankful that wrestling is back. I'm thankful for Johnny Quickstall. I'm thankful for ASICS for sponsoring Flow Wrestling Radio Live. So faithfully. I'm thankful that I got to see my family this weekend. I'm thankful for that too. I'm thankful for Wisconsin and letting me come up there and hang out. I'm thankful that I get to go to Michigan versus Lehigh in a couple weeks with Mike Malinconico. There's so much to be thankful I'm for. thankful Bracky got to see his home state win. I'm also thankful for that because I might not have been here if they had not gotten that two-point conversion. Yeah, that would have been rough. If they had called the timeout and then not gotten it after oh that. Oh, my God. That would have been, I don't even want to I probably would have found Tom Herman. Let's oh, win a bleeping shit. game. Let's win the game. Hey, that was we awesome. should we should end every show with what we're thankful for, regardless of season. Yeah. That just feels no. great. You know what, Willie? You are, are you even thankful for anything? He you doesn't like Halloween. Ungrateful SOB. Yeah, what are you thankful for? Sadness? I'm thankful for my family.
Well, thanks for my fantasy team of seven and two. Wow, seven and two. Juggernaut. All right. Thanks. Thanks for everything. We're out. See you next time. <laughs>